to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Running a business is not easy. No one ever said that it would be. Uh, And one of the things that sometimes gets us caught up is all of the other things that we have to deal with when we run our business. You know, we we constantly are thinking about our payroll, we're thinking about operations, and we're thinking about marketing and sales. But we also have to make sure we're thinking about our taxes, and we have to think about um, our technology needs, and we have to think about all these other sort of secondary things that are required to run an effective business. One of those is our IT needs and not necessarily just, you know, do we have the right computers in place um, and do we have the right software in place, but are we protected? And what we're seeing is more and more companies are getting attacked by ransomware where they're losing data, they're losing information, and it has a major impact on their business. Today's guest, Brian Gill, is an expert in the space and, and uh, is going to help answer some of these questions as it relates to what we do with data recovery and and what ransomware is and why it's important for us to be prepared for that and to have others around us help us with these things and even some tips on how to avoid getting into a bad situation. So some really great information that we generally don't think about whenever we're trying to run our business. It's just not, not our high priority, but if we get impacted by any of these things, it can take a huge hit on our business. Thank you so much for joining us this week and uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can reach out to us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Well, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast. Brian Gill is with us and uh, an expert in data recovery services and uh, some of these just sort of IT things that can be a mystery in business. Uh, So looking forward to having him on and sharing with us uh, his experience, his journey, but then also uh, helping us understand some of these crazy things that are happening in the IT world. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as we get started here, why don't you walk us through what your journeys looked like and what has led you to where you are now? Yeah, thanks for having me, Kyle. Um, so long story short, I uh, went to school for computer science, went into computer programming and software architecture for a number of years, mm-hmm. worked at a lot of big enterprise type companies um, doing just kind of high-end consulting. Yeah. And uh Eventually played the startup game, did a bunch of that kind of entrepreneurial stuff out in the Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was in the first rev of the kind of internet revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the NASDAQ crashed, I, I came back to Wisconsin and started uh, my own company uh, with some partners of mine to basically assist businesses, small businesses, enterprise, and also some consumers when they have these kind of data loss disasters. Yeah. And uh, that kind of spiraled into a a cloud services organization where we worked with those same companies and our distributors to back data up effectively so that when those disasters happened, they weren't really all that disastery Mm -hmm. and they're a lot more mitigated Mm -hmm. and uh, sold that company to a, a place out of Draper, Utah called Storage Craft about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And about four years ago, we got uh, kind of dragged into the 
ransomware response oh, industry. Yeah. So we, we, we always had this, we had this like at the time, like this 12 or 13 year reputation as far as these are the folks you call when we have data disasters. Yeah. So we started about 2015, 2016, getting a lot of these ransomware calls mm-hmm. where small businesses and sometimes enterprises mm-hmm. had had all their data stolen from them. And we started assisting and then it was enough, it was different enough from our core business mm-hmm. and we knew uh, we needed to onboard a bunch of new executives. So we actually spun that into a basically a sister company mm-hmm. that was called Gilware Digital Services and about six weeks ago was rebranded to be called mm-hmm. Tetra Defense. Okay. And, and so now that company does what's called incident response. We do risk assessments to kind of help companies uh, assess their cyber risk so that mm-hmm. they can appropriately take the appropriate steps and spend an appropriate amount of money to kind of combat this plague. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I basically for the last, you know, 20 years almost, I, I basically work with a team of people to dig people out of disasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, kind of going back to those early days, what prompted you to want to get into more of that entrepreneurial journey as opposed to staying in the the corporate side? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to start a company. Um, Tried and failed to start some goofy things and even my teens Mm -hmm. um, didn't succeed, obviously, but (laughs) learned a little bit along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Gilware was probably the fourth company that I started that actually went somewhere. Yeah. And that, that had a lot to do with the early team. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a year, I would not be here. And, you know, if it wasn't for finding those passionate complementary assets yeah. that, that really fill my gaps, but uh, just, it was just in me and I, I knew I wanted to do it. And every company I worked at, even the nice ones, even the good ones, even the high paying ones, Mm -hmm. it just always felt wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I was always on, I was always unhappy, but like, if you were just look at the, look at the life on paper, it's like, dude, like you're making a ton of money. You're having all this success. You have all this respect, you know, your career's on a great trajectory. Like, why are you miserable? Right. Right. It's because I just, I'm not just, I'm just not built yeah. to be in that pyramid, you know? Yeah, not just not part of how you're hardwired. And I, and I think it's a valuable lesson. Some people just aren't, and some people are. And I think, you know, that's valuable too, to know kind of where you fit in that. But For sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good to learn that early on. If you're not fit for it, then try to find those opportunities. Um, you know, one of the things you, you mentioned there is that you've, you know, you had these other things and call them failures, call them lessons learned, whatever it is. But uh, through the course of that, as you tried to, you know, start these other businesses. What were some things that you think early on you learned from that that maybe you were able to avoid later on as you started building businesses that were actually able to launch and, and become more successful? So I'm not super, and this might sound odd, but from a business perspective, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I can do and I can kind of gear up to do, but mm-hmm. it just saps my willpower. Mm-hmm. Stuff like reading insurance policies and mm-hmm. doing the accounting and the taxes and the payroll and, you know, working uh, with an HR person to figure out what exempt and non-exempt employees look like. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. what? 
like let me let me innovate let me do the product side let me right. do the service side let me help market the website like that mm-hmm. stuff gives me energy right. right and there's all this other stuff that's 100% critical to having a successful business <laughs> yeah, yeah that i can do if i must but the odds of that venture being successful if i'm solely tasked with a lot of that administrative stuff yeah is not that great um, luckily for me, my younger brother, Tyler, who's about nine years younger than me, uh, he, he like, I don't want to say he gets energy from it, but he actually does enjoy mm-hmm. working with our accounting professionals and working, working with the HR people and mm-hmm. working, uh, to make sure that the payroll and like, and, and not only is he good, but he's great at it. Like yeah. we yeah. never miss a tax payment. We never mix, right. miss a payroll. There's never a nickel off on anybody's bonuses or, yeah. you know, so that, that's one example of, yeah. you know, we, we complement each other. And, right. Well, that's a, know. and that's a great lesson learned. Um, you know, we talk about it on a show quite a bit, just understanding your strengths and your weaknesses and it's okay to, in fact, it's, it's actually advised you on know, just, just perfect scenario in the situation you're in. I understand and recognize this isn't something I'm good at. I've got to have someone in the organization that is good at those things. And um, and the first thing we've got to admit is where we aren't necessarily that great because sometimes there's an ego that comes along with entrepreneurship and we think we can handle it all. We can do everything. Weight of the world's on my shoulders. We've got to. And I, go. I definitely had that, you know, 15, 20 years ago where right. I was doing literally everything. Yeah. And not just the fun stuff, but like in the earliest days when you're three or four people, like you're also taking the garbage out, you know, like yeah, that's right. everything, like yeah. you're shoveling the parking lot, like everything, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, but back in, you know, back in that day, like I was trying to fix every hard drive. I was trying to come up, I was trying to write all of the code for our CRMs. I was trying yeah. to host, manage our website and all our pay-per-click campaigns. I was trying to field every sales call. This is important. I need to do this. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the only one that needs to be taking care of this because it's so important to the business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so and let's then you just kill yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you get burned out and the business doesn't uh, excel. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of a And people loop. resent you too, by the way. Like, yeah. Subordinates who don't have a path for growth because you're just jumping in every time there's something juicy to do. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to hate that. Yeah, or the 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 right people are going to hate that. That's right, right. The ones that have some drive and hustle to them for sure. Well, so let's let's talk about this data recovery thing. I think it's good for people to hear and understand some of this. Um, you know, I'll, just kind of my story, uh, and probably not that that dissimilar from a lot of people's. Um, you know, the first time I ever heard anybody talk about cybersecurity, um, I actually remember I was talking to our, our insurance company about it and they mentioned something about cybersecurity. And I said, no, no, we really don't have, a, you know, we don't really have a lot of stuff online. So um, we probably don't need anything like that. We, you know, we're, we're very low risk. Who's coming after us? You know, we're small business. And, um, and then the more that I've learned over the last couple of years, uh, realize how important having something like that is, but also, you know, the services you provide to be able to help recover that data, you know, to make sure that we don't lose business, we don't lose the trust in our clients. So I guess the first thing is for those that are maybe in my boat from a couple of years ago, Help us understand what does this even mean? What is what is data recovery? What is this industry that you're that you're a part of here? 
Well, I, I think the first thing to take a step back to understand, you made a point earlier, like, yeah, no, why would anybody be targeting me? The truth is they're not, but they're, a lot of times there's a subset of the cyber criminals that are fishing with a wide net. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not looking for any one individual person, one individual company, but there's a, there's a known exploit that Microsoft has with maybe an operating system. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've patched that exploit. Mm-hmm. But the bad guys will basically have a kit that attacks that exploit to give them like root access of a server. Right. And if you've got your computer with not a very good firewall just plugged into the internet mm-hmm. um, and you haven't patched that operating system, then you are going to find yourself basically in a data breach situation. And, you know, maybe what they're going to compromise is your, you know, fifth graders history lessons and maybe everything you care about is backed up somewhere, Mm -hmm. but maybe you had your tax records on there and now you're going to have to basically freeze your credit and buy some sort of life lock for the rest of your life Yeah, because those bad guys are going to be selling your information and what they call a kit. Mm-hmm. And they won't get a lot of money, but if they breach hundreds of thousands of people, it kind of adds up for them. Right. So even if you're not a target, you're in the line of fire. And yeah. and there's also like dumb ways you can lose data just by hard drives start clicking or, you know, the SD memory card on your camera just takes a crap after you mm-hmm. shot a wedding or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes the, the cell phone that has all of that stuff on there, maybe you haven't been all that great about actually plugging it into a computer to do a hard backup every couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And maybe, oh crap, it's nine months, 18 months later, you've got 37 gigabytes of precious family photos. And then that phone just takes a crap. So yeah. when those kind of natural events happen, people ship us the equipment. We've got electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, mm-hmm. computer scientists like me that basically have reverse engineered all this crap to figure yeah. out how to troubleshoot it in order to figure out how to fix it temporarily yeah. to extract your data. And, you know, when it comes to the cyber stuff, it's whether you're a solopreneur or you're in that kind of SMB with 10 or 20 employees, mm-hmm. there, there's a handful of steps that everybody needs to do. And if you're that solopreneur or just you haven't locked down your personal life, you got a two-factor or, or universal two-factor U2F. Yeah. Um, almost every service these days, your banks, your Google, your Facebooks, your Twitters, almost all of it has a, a second thing you can do after you put in your username and password to do right. some sort of secondary challenge. Usually, it's like a, the best way is like a rotating Google Authenticator app on your mm-hmm. smartphone that you then also have to plug in that code. It adds about five seconds of inconvenience Mm-hmm. Every time you're going to log into something, it's worth it mm-hmm. because usernames and passwords suck. Uh, on the topic of usernames and passwords, most people have three or four usernames and passwords, maybe two or three that are really common. It's like a dictionary word and like a number, like it's the street I grew up on and the year I was born. Like who could possibly guess that? Mm-hmm. Well, the bad guys can easily guess that. You know, like if you want to scare yourself, you can go to the you know, there's a website called familytreenow.com that you can just go put your name in mm-hmm. and you're going to see publicly available for no fee at all, every street you have ever lived on, every address you've ever had. Mm. It'll tell you who your parents are, who your kids are. And like the bad guys can do this too. Right. 
Right. So, you know, again, you should be using a thing like a KeyPass or a YubiKey, some sort of either software program or piece of hardware mm-hmm. to automatically manage your sign-ons. And under the covers, they're making these huge, nasty 256-character unhackable passwords, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that's the way to live. Everybody should be doing that. Like, yeah. even like your grandparents, you know, should be doing that kind of thing these days. Right, right. And then the other thing um, that uh, we're hearing more and more about and even seeing it in the small business world is ransomware. Um, tell us what this ransomware is and how we get impacted by it, even in these small and mid-sized companies. Oh, small, mid-sized, huge companies. I mean, we see everybody under the sun. It, it, what happens is everybody gets to work. Mm-hmm. And everybody's desktop, everybody's laptop, every server in the organization has been fully encrypted, legitimately encrypted. Mm-hmm. And there's a note, a ransom note that says, if you want access to your data again, you are going to have to pay a certain amount of cryptocurrency. Right. And it's, it's usually priced pretty effectively. Um, the bad guys usually have been on your network. Hmm. They've been looking at your files. They have a pretty decent understanding of how si- the size of your company, the amount of your revenue, and they're usually going to price it to be painful, but doable. Right. 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 Um, and for a small business owner of one to five employees where the business, you know, let's just say the business does half a million a year, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be a $20,000 ransom. Mm-hmm. And they're going to usually have compromised your backups because right. a lot of people have backed their data up and it's like on an external drive that's always plugged into your computer. Well, they encrypted that too. Right. Or it's on a small business server that's on the same computer network Mm -hmm. and they've, they're on the network and they're usually on the network as a root or as an administrator. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of privileges they've typically seized and they are going to have the privilege to basically zero filler encrypt those backups too. So, um, yeah, it sucks. So business owners, you mentioned, you know, you heard about some of this from your insurance agent Mm -hmm. that's coming. Most of the insurance, small business insurance people are starting to encourage small business owners to take on a cyber security, either like an addendum or a rider or, mm. or just a separate policy for the cyber right. insurance. And right. it's certainly, it's going to make your premiums go up like 10%. Um, the most important thing is that you understand your kind of cryptocurrency uh, coverage limits. Because mm-hmm. if you buy this policy, but you have like $1,000 worth of Bitcoin limit, it's not going to help you. Right, right. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. so it, it's definitely the world we live in. What are some things that we need to do in business to help protect ourselves a little bit uh, that are cost effective, but, you know, at least make sure we put some sort of check balances in place? Yeah. I mean, if you're in that, if you're at that moment where you're making your living with this business, Mm -hmm. then it's time to really think hard about protecting it a little bit. Right. Right. Because you've got something to lose now. Because in the earliest days when you're kind of bootstrapping and playing around and you're not, and you, this is like your side hustle, maybe right. it doesn't make spent, sense to spend $500 a year to protect it. Right. You know, sure. maybe, maybe you should be spending that $500 trying to actually water that seed some other way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but once there's something to protect, especially once you have multiple employees, mm-hmm. um, you know, you need to have 
a break between your kind of on-premise data or your primary data storage. Mm-hmm. And then you need to have a backup on a different network mm-hmm. and with a different layer of network authentication. And that backup service needs to have, you guessed it, two-factor authentication. <laughs> right. So that if they somehow breach your network, which is, which is what we assume when we're asking, is this backup any good? Yeah. Well, if all they need is a username and password to go muck around in that backup, then it's not a good backup. Sure. Then it's not even a backup, in my opinion. Right. So having that second factor of authentication really would prevent them from from running amok, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, this sounds complicated, but there are services that you can do for $100 a year, $200 a year type pricing mm-hmm. that yeah. will give you this. Um, you need to have a real hardware firewall mm-hmm. that in order to, a lot of us travel a lot and you need to get on the network. Mm-hmm. And when you need to get on your business network, you need to have, First, you log into a, a VPN or a virtual private network, right. and that's going to have a username and password, and then it's mm-hmm. also going to challenge you for a two-factor, mm-hmm. and now you've got an encrypted channel to your network, mm-hmm. and people that don't have that user password and two-factor can't get in to the network, so it's a big wall, yeah. and see, I think my operating system has a firewall. That's not a firewall, <laughs> okay? Yeah. That, that Windows Defender that ain't a firewall. Like yeah. you need a legitimate, and again, this does not have to be expensive. You can go yeah. on freaking eBay, buy a used like FortiGate, and you know probably cobble together some licenses for three, four hundred bucks. Right. So this does this is not going to bankrupt you, and it's going to add a huge layer of protection. Mm-hmm. So you're backing up your data. You've got that firewall. You're smart about your user authentication. Maybe you make all your employees buy that YubiKey U2F little thing. It kind of mm-hmm. does, all, it's like passwordless kind of authentication. Right. You need to have that physical key with you when you're logging into anything. Mm-hmm. It's super convenient. They're easy to use. Mm-hmm. Huge layer of protection. They cost 40 or 50 bucks on Amazon a piece. Right. So this stuff doesn't have to cost a ton of dough. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening and, and you've done one or two of these things, but not that third, this is the unfortunate part is you kind of got to do all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is if you have a hole in your, in your suit of armor, mm-hmm. they're going to find it. That's the, right. that's the nature of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things that we're seeing a lot, kind of the trend in small business is so many things going to cloud, um, you know, cloud-based. And you mentioned, obviously, you you provided some cloud services in the past. So what is the impact, uh, you know, for for a small business or even a lot of mid-sized companies now, but especially a small business where they say, look, I don't even have a server. You know, we, we use everything in the cloud on... Um, you know, on the Google Cloud or through Dropbox or, you know, whatever the other hundred services are out there. How does all of this impact that type of environment? Well, we don't even really have a, a server on site that's hosting our network. So it is, and not all clouds are built the same. There's right. a, it's, it's pretty easy to, to take a, a bunch of servers, have a certain level of redundancy, mm-hmm. and then say, we sell a cloud. Okay. Right. Not everybody is, is Amazon. Not everybody is Microsoft, right? Right. Um, and even if you're, depending on how you configure some of these things, you might not have the level of redundancy that you think. Right. But everything I said about user authentication holds true, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we fired a Marcom or marketing communications vendor of ours 
mm-hmm. or marketing automation vendor of ours mm-hmm. because it was a great solution. We loved it. You could set up all these email drip campaigns. And if the mm-hmm. client did this and engage with that, then we hit them with this. And after right. they earned a certain amount of points, then a sales guy is going to call them when they're ready to buy. We loved it. Right. It was easy to set up, easy to use. The damn thing didn't have anything other than username and password to get into it. So any criminal, if I had one employee with a bad right. username and password, mm-hmm. or if any one of my employees got fished, right. well, now the bad guys, the criminals have logged onto that Marcom and they can download maybe 20,000 of my clients' information. Mm. And we weren't comfortable with that. And right. we fired that vendor, right? Yeah. So you, you got to make sure that those cloud service vendors, you've got to make sure that it's double factored to get in there. Mm-hmm. And that it's mandatory for all your clients. Because if you're in that Google cloud and you invite your new employee Mm -hmm. to that cloud and you just give him his Gmail identity, Mm -hmm. well, if he's not two-factoring to get into his Gmail and now he's in your cloud, well, that's a big problem. Right. So you got to make sure that you understand the security mechanisms that probably exist for that cloud service provider Mm -hmm. that are probably not configured and on by default. Right, right. The you devil is in the details. Yeah. You know, you have to turn these things on. Yeah. And that is not a backup. That's your primary data source. Mm-hmm. You need, and, that, and by the way, your, your backup on the, I told you about it. It's got to be on a different network. It's got to right. be automated. It's right. got to be hopefully keeping revision histories. And it's going to have two-factor to get into that backup, and it's on a different network. That might be a cloud. It probably is going to be a cloud. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you need to have your primary and your secondary. They might both be cloud. Right. right. But just because you have your data in the cloud doesn't mean you're safe from any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, th- and this has been great. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, um, it's valuable for people to, to understand it and know, you know, to your point, if this is your primary business, this is how you're earning your living. Um, these are some things that oftentimes just as business owners, we don't think about, you know, we're, we're so focused on marketing and sales and client relations that this is one of those things kind of on the background that, that well, we don't think there's, about. there was one other thing, Kyle, which a lot of your listeners are probably in industries where they service large enterprises, right? They're, right. they're, a, they're a service industry mm-hmm. and maybe their clients, especially if their clients are in the financial services or those clients are in like the insurance vertical or they're in the healthcare vertical or they're in like the defense industry. Right. What's coming is they're not going to do business with you Mm-hmm. unless you are able to produce your cyber risk assessments and your cybersecurity plan and your documentation for how you back up all their data and protect right. any information that they happen to act, you know, okay. give you as part of the normal relationship. Yeah. So this stuff is coming right. and there's going to be financial incentive to get this straight. Mm-hmm. So you might want to jump on this so you don't lose some big clients. And that kind of leads to this next question is, I know a lot of people are listening to this and thinking, you know, these are all great points, but I've already got a million things on my plate. I've got a ton of things I've got to think about and worry about and deal with in my business. And now I'm hearing, here's yet another thing that I have to be concerned about or be thinking about. So what is the advantage, you know, working with a company like yours, 
What is it that you do to help make sure that there's some controls in place to protect against, uh, you know, some of these issues that we're discussing? Yeah, so our clients are kind of in that mid-market typically. So they've got 50 plus employees mm -hmm. and they're usually in some sort of regulated industry or maybe they have some of these industry regulations kind of coming at them. Right. And they have these kind of external catalysts where they need to get serious in a hurry. Mm -hmm. um, or a lot of our clients, again, just got breached and they, right. they hired us to help them with through the breach. And now they're hiring us for a kind of ongoing services. So it's kind of like taking a timeshare on a CISO or a CISO or a chief information security officer. Mm -hmm. Big companies, I mean, there are publicly traded companies that don't even have one, by the way. But um, usually by the time a company hits like 200 employees mm -hmm. or has maybe like a 15 to 20 person IT group internally, like usually right. they're going to also have a chief information security officer. Right. So at that point, if that CISO is any good, they don't really, wouldn't really need us, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you're like 50 employees and below, you probably have your managed service provider relationship who's kind of mm -hmm. handling all of your IT, your, your emails and your website and your backups and your telecom. And, and you, you're really going to be hyper-reliant on them to be good. And right. as a small business owner, you have to ask pointed questions. If, if you don't have a two-factor on your firewall right now, you need to call up your MSP and demand it, or you need to fire them. You know, if you don't have, if, you, if they've never shared a backup audit with you, if they've never actually done a mock restore of your systems to prove that they're current and they're valid and they're uh, complete and they're not missing your accounting data, yeah. then you've got a bad MSP and you need to demand that they do a mock restore, make sure all your stuff is there and, and actually tell you how long it took to kind of walk through that disaster plan. Because yeah. sometimes these backups exist, but it takes like 20 days to restore. So, you know, you want to, you need to, as a business owner, you need to hold that MSP's feet to the fire and yeah. kind of demand answers to some of this crap I'm talking about. Now, right. when you're in that mid-market 50 to 500 employees, you don't have a CISO, that's when we get hired. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you need to go through a, a CMMC certification for the federal government. Mm -hmm. That's when we get hired. And we basically come in with kind of full knowledge of somewhere between a 50 to 130 kind of check up of your car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Good way so depending yeah. on what the industry regulation you're trying to hit is, mm -hmm. we're going to basically kick your tires between 50 to 130 different ways. Mm -hmm. And each and every one of these things is measurable. And we document what you're doing now and whether or not that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. And if you say you have backups, we're going to, you know, test them and, and do mock restores or make sure that we're going to verify that you've done those audits and have all that stuff in place. Yeah. If that regulation is that you have to have an offline kind of air gap backup mm -hmm. because you're in one of these like defense industry type places, right? we're going to make sure that you have that. And if you don't have that, we're going to more, we're not going to provide it. So we're not really here to, to really provide these solutions or compete with your managed services or your IT. We're right. just here to kind of 
advise the C-level executives and the boards of these companies. You need to allocate this much money and this is where you need to be spending it in this order of priority. And then we have this online portal where anybody can log into it and they can kind of see where they're at today. They can kind of see where it's going next month and then month three. They can kind of see where they're going to be in nine months. And, 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 and in a way that the non-IT executives can kind of get an overall picture of what's, what's going happening. on yeah. and what they're spending money on and why, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's such a, it's, it's a really good service. And, um, you know, as I would mentioned, you know, as we got started talking here, it's just, this is a, a very confusing area. I think for a lot of people, um, it's, it's, it's one of these kind of weird necessities, but we don't really understand it. And to your point, you know, we've got money that's being allocated to it, but what does it do and why do we have it? So thank you so much for sharing some of this information today and tell us a little more about how we can learn about what you're doing, what your company does and and how that helps other businesses. Yeah. So, you know, all the cybersecurity stuff is uh, up at tetradefense.com. Mm-hmm. I personally, if you just kind of Google for Brian Gill, Gilware, mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably my major social media. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Love to uh, make that connection. Yeah. And uh, Kyle, man, Love the blueprint and appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing this. This is, uh, you know, we love to share valuable information to help people run a better business. And this is certainly one of those that um, that is great for people to understand, be able to get some advice on and, uh, and help them understand what to do about this aspect of their business so they don't they don't lose their profits and they don't, they don't lose their information and they aren't part of lawsuits. And, um, you know, this is a great way just to mitigate a lot of that risk. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate all of your time. Thanks for joining us on the employer blueprint podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes for more information on how employer blueprint can help build great teams in your business. Visit employerblueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.